There's so much more. It's by the inch down there. Not even by the block, but by the inch. The Union did take over uh, the slave pens, but guess who resided there then? It became a Confederate women's prison. Oh, so so Confederates were locked up on this site. That's a nice little flip of history right there. (laughs) So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it was justice. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. One of the darkest chapters in St. Louis history took place at what today is one of the city's most visited street corners. These days, the corner of Broadway and Clark serve as an entrance to Ballpark Village, the entertainment complex that's part of Bush Stadium. But 150 years ago, it was home to a place of horror, pens that held enslaved people, many of them waiting to be sold at downtown St. Louis's slave markets. The pens were owned by the notorious slave trader Bernard Lynch. They were known as Lynch's slave pens. In a moment, we'll get more on that history from local historian Angela Da Silva. Before that, though, we want to talk about what's happening today. Two Democratic lawmakers are now working with the St. Louis Cardinals to commemorate that history. Well, actually, I didn't know about it myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a lot of history that's good and bad uh, in the city of St. Louis that um, the more we get to learn our city each day, um, we see how the city that we became. But Representative Trish Gumby um, is a great colleague of mine. Um, we're kind of like sister districts, even though she's in St. Louis County and I'm in St. Louis City. We came in together, and we really adopted a great relationship. And last year on the floor, I asked other representatives to come to my district and just see what it's like. And Trish took me up on that offer, and we mm-hmm. toured the whole 78. And when we toured it, um, a couple of days after that, she had I came across this article about the linchpin um, down on ballpark or, or Bush Stadium's uh, property, the old Bush Stadium, um, when they first built it, that was destroyed property, and was saying, what can we do, um, kind of leveraging our relationships coming from city and county, uh, white, black, male, female, very different, but at the end of the day, still want uh, similar things to make our city great. Uh, we was like, we should just reach out to the Cardinals and say, hey, did you know that this happened? And a way that we can make positivity out of some very Um, treacherous times in St. Louis history, and the conversation has been really positive. So you reached out to the Cardinals. I understand that that they were actually interested in having this conversation. Is that right? Yes, they did. You know, sometimes you can, we put out press statements, either if organizations or elected officials, and you get no traction, but um, they reached back, they reached out to us once they seen it and scheduled a meeting to talk to see what ways we can come together um, to make this happen. There actually was a previous marker uh, what we found out in our um, reaching out to different scholars and talking to people, actually a previous marker that was destroyed when the construction of the um, Bush Stadium, I guess we want to call it Bush Stadium 2, happened before there was even Ballpark Village, so before the Bush Stadium we currently got. And they were very receptive and said, yes, you know, how can we, um, you know, also talk about our history, but in a way that it unites us all. And I think, you know, the Cardinals are an influential organization, and they've done great stuff. Uh, for the city of St. Louis, and sports have been a key role in talking about injustice in race. And it is, is really an honor that uh, Mr. President Bill DeWitt is taking this challenge on and say, you know, let's make it happen. So this will be some sort of marker, like a plaque, that will contain some some of the history to, to get people interested in learning more would be the idea. Yep, that's the idea. Some type of, like you say, plaque or marker um, to be able to talk about what happened here, um, before there was a stadium, before there was a garage, right? What happened on these grounds years and years ago 
just to you know as, as people walk and when when they you know are able to receive and embrace all these uh great opportunities and 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 freedom um remember our ancestors and folks that may not have been their ancestors that didn't have those same privileges and rights and just take a moment of awe to be able to educate themselves but you know maybe question what can they do differently or what can we do differently uh, as a city to make sure we continue to fix the wrongs that happen which we had nothing to do with but you know we all still have a uh, obligation to improve all different systems if it's in St. Louis or in Missouri or in the our whole country so the Cardinals are on board for this. What kind of timeline are you looking at in light of that? Well, we had our first meeting uh, with the Cardinals um, last week, and that was, again, so thankful to the Cardinals organization and the president to, for being so quick and responsive. We sent out the letter on Martin Luther King Day, um, and that following Friday we had a meeting already set up. So this was something that, you know, once they seen it was also um, on their radar and something very interested with them. So we had our first meeting Friday, um, last week. Um, so we, we don't really have a, a time frame of when the construction part will start. We're still doing the the design and making sure the content is right, making sure that the information that will be on the placard is right, because mm-hmm. more importantly, that is probably the most important thing is to make sure we tell the history correctly. Um, but we do not have a, a time frame for the marker. Um, it would be great to have it sometime before the end of the year, and I, I'm sure we can get it done, but there's there's no deadline yet for it. Okay. Well, that's great news. So it sounds like the ball's in your court and you guys are, are prepared to do your homework and, and make sure this thing is, is something that speaks to this, this terrible, painful history. Absolutely. Me and Representative Gumby uh, are meeting on a regular day basis since we're up in the Capitol talking about it, making sure we're tying in professors that, um, and historians that have done um, their research on this so it can be done right. So when we come back to the table with the Cardinals who are working on the um, kind of the um, design and construction element of different options, be able to implement both of the homeworks that we were tasked to do and see how we can make um, this marker possible and um, here in the city of St. Louis. And that is State Representative Rasheen Aldridge. I spoke with him yesterday. I do want to mention we reached out to the Cardinals several times this week. We did not get a response. Now, as Representative Aldridge noticed, he or mentioned there, he is researching this history. And joining us today to give us more context about this site and downtown as a whole is Angela De Silva. She's a local historian and the director of the Mary Meacham Commemoration, which honors a free black woman who led enslaved people to freedom. So, Angie, welcome back to the show. Oh, hi. How are you? So, Angie, um, give us some history here. What do we know about who was actually held in these pens? Uh, well, it's it's really, you know, interesting. First of all, Bernard M. Lynch was not the only slave uh, dealer uh, in St. Louis. That's mm-hmm. number one. Um, a lot of times you'd have to also understand how slavery operated in Missouri. In outstate Missouri, uh, we have wintertime, serious wintertime, like, like right now. There would be not a lot for slaves to do um, uh, out on the outstate plantations. Mm-hmm. And so it would be during this time, and normally the biggest slave sales are always on New Year's Day, believe it or not. Wow. Um, slaves would be brought in from all over. Um, you know, owners would bring them in to sell them directly to uh, the dealers, or that the dealers, like Bernard M. Lynch, would go out to the plantations, out to, like, say, um, Pettis County or whatever, 
and and seek um, slave, uh, go to owners to see if there's any slaves they want to sell. And then they would bring them back to the holding pens in St. Louis until they had enough um, to have a big sale. Or, in some cases, um, to take a coffle down south. And that was really the reason why holding pens. However, um, citizens in the St. Louis area could go um, if they were looking for a, a, what, we, what they call a mechanic, which would be a slave that had a special skill. Um, they would, could go there and see if they had a slave uh, in the holding pens that if I was looking for an upstairs maid or if I was looking for a laundress or if I was looking for a mechanic hmm. uh, that is a court writer or, uh, any, or you know, any slave with a special skill, I could go and buy one. Now, around Lynch's slave pen, this was some commercial, but it was also a residential area. And the building itself um, was 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 there for quite a while, and there's this concept that the National Historic Trust uh, uses called how the land learns, and the the slave pens themselves were heavily fortified. I mean, I don't remember have ever run across anything that said any slave ever got out of there, hmm. um, but there was a sub level uh, underneath the street that was a basement underneath the basement. It went down. And this was, and I understand why, because if they had to punish a recalcitrant slave, um, you couldn't have that sound reverberating around a residential area. And so the what happened um, is during, um, as the story is told, because again, I'm saying that this is, you know, the 1960s when they're building the old Bush Stadium, mm-hmm. there was a piece of equipment that was left on the grounds overnight, like a backhoe or something. The next morning, they come, it had fallen through the ground. So almost a um, collapse there of collapse. that site. Yes, yes. And when they get it out, they find that it has fallen into a brick lined room. Well, if you know anything about, you know, federal contracts, all work has to stop. Historians have to be brought in, and they look at what the historic import of that site was. And that's when it came, when it really came out in the 1960s, that this is when it came back into mind that this was the site of Lynch's slave pen. There were some instruments of torture that were found down there, and they were hurried up and got out of St. Louis. Again, because this is during the Civil Rights Movement. But even at and, that and, and, time... Angela, hmm? just, to, just to interrupt here, you're saying this, is, this was during the Civil Rights Movement. They didn't want to honor this history because they were worried it could just put more fuel on that fire? Is that the thought? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. That was not a time to bring up slavery. It was not a time to bring up... Um, ill-treatment of people of color, it was just not. Okay? So they, they just kind of hushed that up and, and carried on with construction? <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's exactly what happened. And um, But even before they started construction, um, to, again, to give you an idea of how the land learns, uh, you know, with the railroad uh, working its way west, um, we had that same area. That had become known as Hop Alley, which is unfortunately, um, you know, a slang term, meaning that the largest Chinese population outside of San Francisco resided in that area. Hmm. And that is what also had to be cleared 
um, in order for Bush Stadium to be built. So that land had gone through, and backing up even further than that, uh, during the Civil War, um, Bernard M. Lynch, needless to say, was a you know uh, unrepentant Confederate, mm-hmm. and he bolted. I mean, he left. <laughs> and so uh, during Union occupation, the Union did take over uh, the slave pens, but guess who resided there then? It became a Confederate women's prison. Okay? Oh, so, yeah. so Confederates were locked up on this site. Yeah. That's a nice little so. flip of history right there. <laughs> so, you know, I, for as I'm concerned, it was justice. But anyway, um, <laughs> the various people who were shopping there before found themselves residents, okay? And so um, it, was, it was used uh, during the Civil War, again, as, as, a, conf- as a, a prison for Confederates. So the site has had many incarnations, and um, between the Confederate prison time and, uh, and, and Hop Valley, which would have been you know, by the 1880s, 1870s, um, it, you know, it was fully occupied. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. and then come, then the land is cleared under reutilization and becomes uh, Bush State, Bush Stadium. Um, so that that's what I can tell you about the site at this point. So, okay, Angela, that's so. that's some incredible history there. And and I know when I talked to you about this the other day, you said, yeah, you're not against putting the marker here as as these state representatives want to do. But you said rather than just seeing one more plaque in this area, you'd like to see a St. Louis Black History Trail. What's your thinking on that? Exactly, because I can tell you, even the KMOX building used to have a plaque on it marking uh, John Barry Meacham's uh, uh, Green Street Baptist Church. There used to be markers uh, for black history sites all over downtown. And without a coordinated effort um, to, um, to string these together under the watchful eye of someone, they have all been systematically removed. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, for example, um, some that aren't marked that should be just as, uh, that are just as prominent and um, not quite as painful. But, um, for example, catacorned um, to uh, across that mall area from KMOX um, and beside the uh, old courthouse, um, it used to be a bank building. It's a low stone edifice. Well, that was the site, believe it or not, of Elizabeth Keckley's dress um, store. I mean, Elizabeth Keckley, you know, is a, is a woman of color who will become Elizabeth uh, uh, Mary Todd Lincoln's dressmaker. Hmm. But she wasn't just a seamstress. She was at her uh, during her day. She was like the Chanel. She was a modiste. I mean, she was recognized as a modiste. And um, you know, there's you know, there's no marker there. Okay, hmm. understanding that this this woman made two of Mary Todd Lincoln's inauguration ball grounds. And I mean, she was made dresses for um, General, you know, Lee's wife. I mean, she made dresses for the elite of, you know, of white Washington. But there's no marker there for her either. We could go further up the street to 7th Street, and that's going to be the site of the Francis McIntosh uh, lynching, uh, or burning, rather. And, um, you know, there were three important personages that were affected that addressed this 
you know, the, the Francis McIntosh incident. And, the, and because of the Francis McIntosh incident, that is what got Elijah Lovejoy ran out of St. Louis. And, and, so and that's the, the famous abolitionist um, who ended up over in Alton. That it, is correct. Angela, this sounds is. like just some incredibly rich history. And it's interesting to think, as you said, there have been sort of piecemeal plaques around the area. But it seems like all of this is, is kind of walkable. Things are close to each other. Somebody could put together a, a concerted effort to, to make this kind of trail. Well, I've had the Black History Tour um, from Fur Trappers to Ragtime Millionaires for almost 30 years. <laughs> and so you're, uh, you're doing this work. Trust me, there's so much more. It's by the inch down there. Not even by the block, but by the inch. And um, we can certainly go back all the way back to territorial period um, to uh, Jack Clay Morgan, you know, land grants. Um, for some unknown reason, this little black man, the Spanish absolutely adored. And most people have no idea that um, Francis, Ma- I mean, that um, Jacqueline Morgan uh, was made syndic by the Spanish um, over St. Louis. And if syndic means lawgiver. Hmm. And the lawgiver over this side of the Missouri was, was again, Jacqueline Morgan. The syndic on the other side of the river, St. Charles County, was Daniel Boone. Huh. Now, what that tells you is that they were on economic and social parity. Okay, but I could go on to Jesus comes and tell you. And, and Angela, I, I know you could, and, and this is some tremendous history. And I'm, I'm sad to say that we are actually out of time on today's show. Yes. But I think this is this is important for us all to remember. There is a lot that went on in downtown St. Louis. Some of it, some of it, so bad, uh, like this this thing that Representative Aldridge talked to us about today, and, and you as well. But but also some good history, and I'd love to see even more of an effort to bring this to light. So I want to thank you for joining us and, and sharing what you were able. To to share today. Man, you got a lot in there in today's history class. <laughs> well, for years, you know, I've been at Lindenwood for, uh, for 12 years and um, have taught this um, tremendous this history, and people are always, always surprised. And um, that it, because you have to understand, I mean, even, you know, this year's Missouri's bicentennial, and the whole question of Missouri becoming a state was based on what? slave or free. Angela, and and unfortunately, I am going to have to cut you off there, but that, I mean, you're right. I mean, this history is so intertwined with Missouri history, and I want to thank you for giving us this crash course. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.